Um, memory challenge, Acts 4.12, Ariel, I don't know where she's at, little Ariel, sweet Ariel right there, she said, can I say that memory verse to you? <laughs> she don't know how that delights my heart. And we have grandchildren come to us and say, Grandpa got some verses I want to say. I say, say on. At our consecration, just reminded me, Carmen, I've never listened to yours because I knew you had some. You know, you're ready, right? You're ready, I know you are. I think we said a total of 460 verses, this family consecration, where they come in, they have to have someone with them, and they have to have their Bible, and tell me what section they're going to say that they memorize, and I record it, and I pay them big money. Well, maybe not real big money, but I pay them a little something. That's the best money I can spend. It really is, and that's, it's just such a blessing. But Ariel said, can I say that verse to you? And I said, sweetie, you sure can. And she said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other, none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And she didn't know it, but as she turned away, I said, oh, God, plant that deep in her heart. That stuff will carry you through life. So just think, so we won't go over it. But how many of you have looked at Acts 4.12 between now and last? Good, keep that up. Just, just look at memory, scripture memory. It is a valuable thing. Uh, Joyce and I, I work on scripture memory. I hope to do that till I die. I do. If I lose my marbles at the end, uh, I hope I just quote scripture to everybody, okay? I don't know how to say anything. What's the matter with that guy? I don't know, he's quoting the Bible all the time. Good. Oh boy. Some of you think I probably already lost my marbles. But nonetheless, Joyce and I have a verse, a number of verses this year. One of them, I don't know what to do first here. I, did, I said something last night's bugged me all day, and I don't know how, I, how to... In last night's sermon, I said something. I, the second I said it, I wished I hadn't have said it. I couldn't believe I did say it. But in the heat of preaching, how many of you know right there I'm trying to make an excuse for my... How many of you know that? How many of you ever do that? Well, I, I know, but. And once we say but and try to defend ourselves, I'm sunk. But it's what it was. I said, oh, shut. How many of you remember? I said, oh, shut up. I should have said, oh, wake up. That the theme is wake-up calls, but I, so would you forgive me? The Bible says you have to, okay? <laughs> I know I got a little leverage on you right now, but that's bugged me. I know I've, I, I, there's so many things I have yet to learn, and I, I remember when I tried pastoring, people would come, I, they said, would you give us some counseling? And I actually thought, oh yeah, pastors are supposed to do that too. I actually didn't know you were supposed to, and I thought, oh yeah. And they come in, and I listen to them, and I get, Police work behind me where everybody lies to you. And I'm thinking about what's their angle, what the, you know, what their, why they tell me this stuff. And after they got done sharing with them, I said, grow up. Boy, that, oh, thank you, that helped me so much, Pastor. You know, I realized that probably wasn't the right thing to say. Never mind, let's move on. Still got a lot to learn. The old tongue is a, a dangerous thing at times, and it comes from a heart if we're not careful. Um, but back to the memory verses, Joyce and I have a verse this year. Uh, we had a, sometimes we, we, I memorize scripture out of desperation. I need it to survive the day, okay? I, I just do. I need God's word. Like, we need, it's your meat, your bread, your milk, your butter, your honey. It's, I need the food. I need the nourishment, the strength it gives me from that. And uh, Joyce had offended me. <gasps> You're kidding. None of us know you have a clue what I'm talking about. But it was over. Uh, my favorite fruit is a tree-ripened peach. 
I mean, you know, when you can just take and peel them there, so right with your fingers, I just peel the scallops. And so, and I wanted to buy a half bushel of them, and uh, she kind of let me know that was too expensive. <laughs> ain't I worth? Ain't, ain't I worth it? That's all it takes, and you start down this hill of. She doesn't love me. Any, are you letting me take this alone? Is it, I'm not talking about she's telling me I've been cheating on you or something like that. We're talking about just some peaches I wanted to buy. And I, I sensed it, so I, I, I went right into the pout. None of you. Okay, well, never mind with this illustration. You know, when little kids pout, it's cute. When old people it's ugly. And she could tell in a second, she wished she had, oh, you know, okay, what's, what's the price of a half of them? And so our verse had been... Because things like that still happen for us, but they used to, they could wreck two or three days. Have you ever had something that small wreck two or three days? I even know life's too short and death's too certain to waste it being pouting and having something between you and the person you're one with. Oh, the devil loves to warm his hands over the flames of couples of sorrow. But some, because if you don't deal with that, I got news for you. That little spark will turn into something way beyond what you, and then you're dealing with a lot bigger things. And, and so... There's a verse, and it might be one to tap in your court. It's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, and it says this, Above all, whenever you see the Bible writers using above all, you better stop and pay notice. Maybe Paul's talking about the uh, weapons of our war, or the armor of God. He says, and above all, take the shield of faith. So he's talking about helmet of salvation, sandals of peace, battle, breastplate, all the different things. He said, but above all, the top of the list, if, you, if you're going to grab one, Above all, lift the shield of faith with which you shall be able to quench all the fire. So when he says above all, Peter now, another apostle on the inspiration of the Spirit, he's given a list of things you need to be doing. And he says, but above all, have fervent love among yourselves, for love shall cover a multitude of sins. Do you know who he's writing to? He's writing to believers that still struggle with sin because of, see, is all I have to do is think, I deserve to be treated better than that. You know what they call that? Pride. Aren't you glad we don't struggle with it? Oh, come on, people. It shows up in stinking things like that. I would hate to have you look into my life and see the fool I've made of myself over that caliber of stuff. You said it'll cover a multitude of sins. You take fervent love out. You know what fervent love is? It's a show, fervent means it shows affections. It shows affection. When we were talking to the boy who's about to marry one of our granddaughters in a couple of weeks, <clears throat> and we had a little thing going on, and the guys went around and said one thing to him. The married guys, some of them are, or our grandsons weren't much older than this guy, but they about marriage and things, and they were telling things. And I said, Lord, what can I tell them? And I thought about this, and I said, in your marriage, don't forget to show affection. Affection isn't something you just think and it stays in your mind. It better translate to your hands, feet, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, mind, well, bullshit. It better show up someplace. Affection is something. That's what fervent love is. It shows affection. I guarantee you, we never had any problem with that when we were first married. <laughs> Come on, help me with it. This is something you need to maintain. Try to, don't lose that. Don't leave that first love. I mean, romantic love. Joyce and I, you see us holding hands. We've got our arms right. A lot of times when he's up here praying, before I, I'm smooching her on top of the head. Why, well, you're supposed to have your eyes closed, okay? Mm. Show affection. So it's what we do. And Joyce and I, we, we hold hands in the house, in the car. Nobody's watching. We, and we just give each other dove-eyed looks. We keep working it because it will cover a multitude of sins. What that means, it'll take, <clears throat> if you pull fervent love out, every little molehill of, of difference between you becomes a mountain all of a sudden. Oh, this is a big issue. Misdemeanors become capital offenses when fervent love isn't in your marriage. 
And, so, and you put it in the marriage and every mountain becomes a molehill. Amen. It covers them. It just covers them. So we find ourselves just hugging each other, loving each other, kissing each other. Just work at it until you know what? It just becomes a part of your life and it'll cover a multitude. When Peter said that, he didn't say that to the Chamber of Commerce. He said it to the church, to believers. He knew would need to know that truth. And you know what it does with little tiny things because that kind of stuff. What was it? You got ticked off me over the boiled eggs. It's always food. The garden. Eden. It's always. How have you had much of your life revolve around that one word? Food. And I was, I know nothing about My wife has kept me illiterate when it comes to cooking anything. So I'm dependent upon her. Some guys know how to cook. I don't want to cook nothing. But I know how to boil eggs. And I boil the guts out of them babies. Let me tell you. They were done when I was done, boy. And she didn't appreciate my attempt. Never mind, you're not enjoying this. Aren't you ashamed sometimes? The stuff you take offense over. Above all, have fervent love among yourselves, for love shall cover a multitude of sins. So this year when I have something come up, it it just comes up. And it's not my fault. Did you see that? Did you catch that? It just comes up. We'll look at each other and smile, give each other a hug, quote that verse, move on about our day. The enemy's not going to steal. The one in here, that we say, he's not going to steal from us. Well, God intended for us to have. Just do, do them. So I pass it on. It's a good verse. Above all, above all, have fervent love among yourselves, for love should cover them all two cents. Well, let me see. <clears throat> our theme, to the intent you may believe. He's writing John chapter 11, if you want to turn there. He is, he is writing, <coughs> excuse me, two believers. <coughs> if I go into a fit of here, Ben, cut me off so I don't want to be the microphone. <coughs> I may need a little drink of water, yeah, because somebody, if you could. <coughs> if I was outside and nobody's around, I would take care of that, okay? Some of you got that, and some of you say, wait, what? Okay. The theme is, to the intent you may believe, he's writing to believers about taking their belief or their faith. Thank you. Appreciate that. Most of the time, don't need that. Sometimes a little water will... All right. Yeah, thank you. I don't know if I want to do that or not. I may get going tonight. (laughs) Here we go. Aren't you glad you came tonight for this deep theology? I mean, this is really rich, isn't it? Okay, the theme, taking believers to a new level. God, I I don't want to, don't leave me where I'm at. I want to keep pressing on, okay? Pressing on that upward way. Press on toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Having goals, doing things in my life. I don't want to just grow old. I want to grow up. So he's taking these disciples, these people whom he's going to hand the baton and say, when the Spirit comes, the church is here. Hang on. Take her to the world, man. Well, <clears throat> I believe we have many wake-up calls, but one great awakening. I believe we have one indwelling when the Spirit of God takes and baptizes us into the body of Christ. But we have many fillings. I think we do. I think we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. One. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. 
For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. That happened one time. Keep going with once. He, he, it, tetelestai, it's finished. He covered that. Um, We talked about that. We talked about sin for Jesus. Many times the first responders to an accident scene can do a lot of good in the saving of that person's life, doing the right things. First thing you ought to do, sickness, sin for Jesus. Accident, sin for Jesus. Sin for the Lord, pray. Call upon the name of the Lord. It may end up, you end up calling for the elders of the church and anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick. It may come to that. And if they have sinned, I have talked to people who have been healed in moments like that when they said, there is a sin in my life. I'm holding aught against a brother and it's eating me up. You know what the cure is? Forgiveness. That's not a, that sometimes is a hard pill to swallow when wrong has really been done and hurt is run deep in the heart. But we have no alternative. You know what? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? No, it, but a wounded spirit drieth the bones. You know what your bones do? They make your blood. You know what your blood is? You want to know if a person's healthy? They run blood tests. Get, them, get the blood and look at it and see what it is. The life is in the blood. Sometimes things that God tells us to do that we just flat out say, I'm not going to do it. And you can be born again and say that to God. There's consequences. So there's, but just send for Jesus. Ask him. Say, God, search me, oh God. Know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. And then lead me in the way that lasts forever, everlasting. Lead me in it. I want to walk with you, God, above anything else I want to. And there's just, there's, how do you know that we did not exhaust the subject of sickness that's in our lives? We didn't exhaust it the other night. We just kind of took a glimpse at it. And maybe something that will help us in our journey of faith to take a look at this issue. But I just drum rolled this sin for Jesus. Then we looked at risky business. Following Christ. About holding fast to the word of God. Holding forth the word of God. First, excuse me, 2 Peter 3, 3 <clears throat> says this, knowing this first, that there should come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lessons, saying, yeah, right, where's the promise of the coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly ignorant of. When you get in your 70s and someone tells you something that happened 100 years ago, you actually think this, well, that wasn't that long ago. You say that to a young person, thinking 100 years seems like eons of time. But I got news for you, the closer you get to that 100-year stuff, it doesn't seem like that long ago. Let me tell you the changes. If you think all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. In the last 100 years, telephone. From that it went to television. I'm talking about that. Is there anybody here that remembers when you had a cord and it was hooked? 2000, there is a few of you here. <laughs> television. Telephone? Television. No. You can see. I remember when we got our first television. As a kid, I remember that. Little square thing like this. It kind of lit up all the tubes and everything. You don't want to get close to that, baby. It'd blow up on you. <coughs> television. I must say this. I believe that is the number one contributor to the destruction of the American Christian family was the television. You want to know why? We didn't have to talk anymore. We could sit together as a family and be amused. 
but we didn't talk. We didn't eat at the table. We had a coffee table. When you lose the communication, human, two people, eyeball to eyeball, you can something not good is happening. Put that on steroids. Computers. Those wicked little phones you folks have. <laughs> I think I will. This is obviously not in my notes. If you don't have a paper Bible, get one. We spoke in churches, we could see it happening. I used to love to come into a parking lot and see by people carrying their Bibles to church. You can carry your phone, but it is shared with a multitude of other things. Not this. Your phone Bible can be taken away from you in a click. Have your own. Personalize your Bibles. Now this one here, Joyce wanted me to finish preaching finish out my preaching with this, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to if we preach much more because it is, I don't want to get it rebound. This is the one that I did for Joyce. Has all my sermon notes in it, uh, not sermon notes, study notes, many of them in it. And I have now a backup Bible that I got, similar to this translation that has, I just transferred, I read it all through, underlined things that I wanted to underline, I put all my notes in it in case I lost this one. We had dear friends that lost theirs in a fire. And they said of all the things that we lost, it was our Bible. Their Bibles had become precious to them. If, I, if you had time to look through mine, you'd see no, I've cried. There's tear stains in this Bible. In the book of Romans, that I memorized the book of Romans out of this one back in 1993. It is literally gray paper. It's not white anymore. I've spent so much time with fingers, oil on your fingers and stuff in here. You've got Bibles like that. I know you do. How many of you have a Bible that is precious to you? I mean, that, a copy of a paper copy Bible. I would encourage you, if you fall in love with the Word of God, you'll fall in love with the God of the Word. Yeah. It, there's something to that. Um, facial recognition. We don't know each other, but those phones do. Things are not as they have always been. Oh, wake up. We're in the last days. We've been in the last days since the ascension of Christ, but we're nearing the last day that will represent the last days. We're knocking on the door. It's coming. Ah, yeah, I've been hearing that. For, can you imagine watching Noah, a hundred plus years, building a boat and preaching? He was a preacher of righteousness and saying, repent, get right with God, get on the, help us with the boat, folks. And a little boy called and said, Daddy, I heard this, this old man, he's been that, been that guy building that great big boat. He said that God's going to judge the earth. And said, oh, I heard that crazy old man when I was a boy your age, don't pay no attention to him. They mocked him. Don't be a scoffer. He's coming. <laughs> and it says, they mocked and scoffed until the day the flood came and took them all away. How do you know when the earth began to break up and the skies began to dump, everybody was a believer. But if you were on the boat, it didn't do you any good. Say amen to that, okay? It's the same thing here. As in the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Are you ready for the message yet? 
because we have not got to John chapter 11. Let's take off verses 9 and 10. Let me read them. The title of tonight is taken from this, Turn Up the Lights. Verse 9 says, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. I want to take a look at the first word I want us to look at and examine, is the word day. If a man walk in the day, okay, um, day, let me give you a little history on the word day. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was out form of void, and darkness on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And the Lord said, um, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, called the light day and the darkness night. And the morning and the evening were the first, somebody help me, first day. First day, God instituted a day. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, listen to this. While the earth, I even know in Genesis 8, we've had a flood. He, this is something he says. While the earth remaineth. Is there a day coming, even in Genesis, that they know there's a day coming where the earth will not remain? Yeah. It's like in the book of Job. If a man die, will he live again? What do you mean, if a man die? How many of you know, by that time, you know you're going to die. I don't care. In the days of the patriarchs, you live these long years and stuff, death finally. Have you, how many of you have read Genesis chapter 5, the biggest obituary in the Bible? So-and-so lived so many days, and he died. And so-and-so lived so many days, and he died. So-and-so lived so many days, and he died. Why does Job say, if a man die? Because there's a group coming that won't die. How many of you like to be a part of that? Any of you know without making me preach that? How many of you know, what a climax to this evening service. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, right. I've been hearing that for... If a man die, will he live again? All the days of my appointed journey will I wait until my change comes. If that isn't 1 Corinthians 15, I don't know what is. And we shall be changed. <laughs> How many of you have days where you're ready to trade, trade this one in for the new one? Any of you know what I'd say about that? <laughs> All right. A day. Here it is. Genesis 8:22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. I'll tell you one thing about California. You folks know something about crop raising. This place... <laughs> produces food, seed time. How many of you know it won't produce if you don't sow the seed? Just say amen. amen. Okay, this is the word. But he says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease from the earth. Wow, the earth remaineth. There's a day coming when there'll be no day, there'll be no night. Have you Revelation, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 5? And there shall be no night there. It's eternal day. And you'll not need the sun for the Lamb's going to be the lamp and the light of it. Say amen to that. Can I understand that? Not a, I can't comprehend there not being a night. As God created in the beginning day and night, he said the day is coming where there will be no more night. Only day. Days. Psalms 90, a psalm of Moses, verse 10, he says this. In the first few verses, he says, O Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in every generation. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. 
and he's going to step into time and make this thing called earth. Oh, so this is unbelievable. You're right, but it needs to be believed because it's true. You take that out of the Bible, throw the rest of it out. If God didn't make everything without him was anything made that was made, we're in trouble. He made it. He designed this. <clears throat> I just want to go down to verse 10. The days of man's years are threescore and ten, seventy, or by reason of strength, fourscore, eighty. Yet the span, whether it's seventy or eighty, is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Verse 12. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. How many of you think it would be safe to say, or reasonable to say, that as a person gets older, they should be a little more wiser? Amen. How many of you know that's not always the case? But we should, I can tell you that Joyce and I are concerned, in fact, in our prayer list for ourselves, we pray, God, may we start seeing things. We are in, how many of you know when you're in your 70s, whether you want to admit it or not, you're in the home stretch. Fourth quarter, ninth inning. Come on, relate to some of this. You know what I'm talking about? I ain't going to be able, we are not going to do what we've already, there's not going to be another 70 before. We're in the end of this thing. This week, Sunday night, I got a call from his son and told me a guy one year older than me that I've been friends with for years died. He just died. He got COVID. And he died. If... When you're 35, 40, you are invincible. In your 20, it ain't never going to happen. How many of you know you don't have to be old to die? How many of you live long enough to know that? You don't have to be. But as you know, you've got has given you the grace to make it through the 70, possibly even 80. A dear friend of mine, 78, another one just turned 80. He said, Tom, I'm an octarian now. I said, you've got to be kidding. This guy still works 40 hours a week. If you saw him, you would not guess he is 80. Okay? And sometimes God in his grace allows people to grow old and not look like they're old. Not look like me. Okay. Just, and this is, he's one of them. But I can tell you this. We talk seriously about what are we doing with our life right now? We want to, Joyce and I pray, God help us to see life through the lens of eternity. Will this count for eternity? If it won't. Well, it would have been different if I'd have been a young man maybe down here. So teach me the number of my days when I apply my heart unto wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? It comes from God. Satan is intelligent, but he is not wise. I want wisdom to finish out my days. Joyce and I have upped our personal work. We carry tracks with us now more. We pray for opportunities to be, I went in because the little cell phone I used to have, little flip phone, uh, they were gonna discontinue it and it was just gonna go dead, but I could go in and get another flip phone, which I hated to do, but I, I went in and got me another flip phone. I don't want one of them other things, I just don't. Um, and if you were right with God, no, no never mind. okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, that just slipped out, that was just not worth saying. I, you know, I just put myself in a very minority, okay? I just, I just don't want them for, you don't even know all the reason. And I went in, and we prayed before we went in, God, give us an opportunity to share our faith with 
whoever's going to wait on us. We never clue him in. And walked in, and there's, I don't know, it says a Verizon kind of thing, and there's a whole bunch of desks around, guys sitting. And the first guy there said, oh, can I help you, sir? I said, yes, I come in. And he wanted me to get a smartphone and all that. I said, no, I don't want that. I said, I really don't want that. I just want this. And the guy looked like he had had a rough night. I mean, eyes looked like he had been up all night. And uh, he was messing up. He's making mistakes as he was taking this thing and putting the information onto this other little flip phone and kind of stuff. And he apologized and stuff. He said, man, I didn't get any sleep last night. And I'm praying, God, give me an opportunity. And I had tracks in my pocket and stuff. He said, uh, I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. He said, I'm getting ready to get married. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm buying a house that I don't know it's going to come through. And it, it, all this kind of stuff. And he actually was a manager in this particular store. And he went down, and I'm thinking, ha, ah, I know I got a good track. It's peace. It's one of my favorites. It just says peace on it. And it, it's just the gospel, okay? And when we got all done, and I knew it. He was opening up to us just in kindness. We were understanding. We were patient with him because he's messing up on some things and that kind of stuff. And we got all done. I said to him, I said, you know what I think you need? He said, no. I said, I think you need peace. And it has that on the track like that. And he went, ah, ah, like this. And everybody in the place, I'm going, oh, man, you're not receiving this quite well. And he says, I can't believe it. He said, I got seven uncles, and all of them are preachers, and they're all after me. He said, in fact, I'm buying a house on the same block as one of their churches. And he's talking real loud. Right time, looking at him in there. I said, kind of sounds like God's dealing with you. Yeah, I believe he is. And then we had time. Long story short, I had to come back because I didn't even know how to work on them stupid little foot phones. I had something on this. So I went back to him, and I prayed for him every day, got his name, and I said, I'm going to pray for you every day. And I left. Come back. Sure enough, there he is. Sees me, welcomes me, come in. And I said, I have been praying. I said, how are you doing? And he said, uh, I'm doing a lot better. And I said, I have been praying for you. And he looked at me and said, what have you been praying? What it, you, how you cheap talk if you say you're praying for somebody you don't even praying for them and I said well the first thing I'm praying is I said you, I, you said that you were about to get married and I prayed God's blessing upon you and your wife I prayed bless the fruity of union and give your children goes whoa <laughs> whoa I didn't know you'd be doing that I said the second thing I pray is that you said you were going to buy a house and I know buying a house them closings don't always go the way we plan them supposed to be going he said yeah this one then keep praying he says <laughs> You know what? He was so open to me sharing my faith and the gospel with him because I had prayed for him. You know what? That should be my regular daily life. God, I don't want. So many times I have missed opportunity, missed up. I didn't go prepared. Life is too short now. I want to amp it up. Can I tell you something? If you're aging and know what I'm talking about, amp it up. Man, I want wisdom from God. How do you live this thing? I want to finish well. Wisdom in a day. Everything in our life happens in a day. Everything in our life happens in a day. Proverbs 27 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I wonder how many, many of those babies I have left. Give us this day, somebody help me, our a consciousness. Oh, you ought to pray before every meal. God, a day, just a day. Everything in my life happens in a day. My uh, DOB, date of birth, DOD, date of death. Go to a funeral, go to a, a cemetery. Here it is. Name, DOB, DOD. All of them were days. In a day. 
1 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Did you know that day is going to show up and there will be people, little kids, that's how many days they got. Hebrews 10.25, let us not forsake the assembly of ourselves together as a man or some is, but so much the... Let us not forsake the assembly of ourselves together as a man of some is, and, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. People, we've got to start realizing it. In our lifetime, I'm supposed to be looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might ransom us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a people of his own, zealous of good works. These things, Paul told Timothy, speak, exhort, rebuke, let no man despise thee. 2 Peter 3.10, but the day of the Lord will come. Romans 2.5, but after thine hardness and impenitent heart treasures up thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. There is a judgment day coming. A day, it will happen, there will be a date on it. In time, God from eternity knows the date. Today, if you will hear his voice, Hebrews 3.7, Harden not your hearts, as in the day of provocation, the day of trial of your fathers in the wilderness. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. In a day. Matthew 24, 43, and I'm going to stop with this one. It's a good word study. Just look up the word day. Just look and see how many times he talks about this happened in a day. There was a day we sang about when Goliath fell. There was a day. Thief on the cross looked at Jesus and said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Statement of faith. Jesus looked at him and said, Today you're going to be with me in paradise. A day is a precious thing. It It was valuable then. It is valuable now. Every day we spend. I had it, but I don't have it in my notes. <clears throat> I rewrote this one today. Had them all roughed when I came. This one I rewrote. So I didn't make it from those notes to this one. But as of today, I have spent 26000 108, I can't remember the numbers, it might be 120 or whatever it is, days. I've spent them. Wonder how many I have left. Not more, but it's just, what? It's sensible. Think about life, day at a time. Sufficient, don't worry. Don't. Sufficient is the day and the evil thereof. Say amen to that, would you? You don't have to worry about that. Today, living today. Let's take a look at another word. Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. I want to look at the word light for a moment. We looked at the word day. I want to look at the word light for just a moment. Those are key words in this, this text. Light is extremely important. You can have 20-20 vision and sit in the dark and your 2020 vision isn't worth a biscuit. You gotta have light. Light makes the difference between seeing and not seeing. Get this one. The older 
I get, we get, the more light we need to see. The days of reading a road map are gone in dim light. Anybody know what I just said or not? You don't do it anymore. You gotta crank, get that baby where there's good light on it. You need light. Can I tell you something? Can I, let's just transfer that over. The older I get, the more light I need. The Psalms 119, 130, I think it is, says, at the entrance of thy word giveth light. You may think when you get older, I've been a preacher now for good night 40 years and all those kinds of things that you give the scripture, memorize and stuff. Surely I can kick my shoes off and float down. So I, can, I can live off yesterday's grace. You know, is that? No, I think just the opposite is true. If there's anything more necessary, I need more of the scriptures. I don't need less of it. I can't just say, oh, that was good enough and I can coast the rest of this. I can't. I can't make it. Joyce and I need more light. Okay, let me see. Let me give you this illustration. Um, Joyce and I moved. We lived in one house for 43 years. We moved in the last couple of years down from in the center of Michigan down to the corner, no, over this corner over here, near, near South Bend. We're five miles from South Bend, Indiana now. But we still live in Michigan, God's country. Okay. We lived there. And uh, we moved to a much smaller house. And we wanted one that didn't have stairs. Now this one has stairs, we just don't go upstairs. It's, it's a little old cottage kind of house, and uh, I haven't got time to tell you all the details of it. Um, <laughs> the person came and asked us if we wanted to buy this thing, and it should have been condemned and torn down, but anyway, we gutted it. Ben, ben gave us the counsel that pulled the trigger. That's what made us, you say, if you're gonna, Dad, you want to buy this thing, make a flip house out of it and make a little sweat equity? <laughs> He knows, I don't know how to build any demo, I'm good. Anything else, I can't do. So I said, what are you talking about? But when he said that, he said, if you're going to live in it, do it right. Well, this thing had lath and plaster. It's over 100 years old. Uh, it had been vacant for a number of years. It was just bad. Um, we live in basically 1,100 square feet down, downstairs. Small, everything's just, ceilings are about that high above my head. It's just, it's just, but it's nice. And Joyce designed it all. She loves that kind of stuff. And I just told you, help yourself to the mustard, honey. That's in Luke chapter 8, I believe. <clears throat> I got to speed this up. We've been living there now two years. And we, we really do. It's home to us now. It was quite a transition. You'd be amazed. And we got rid of a lot of junk. When we moved, you cannot... Are any of you into this, I may need this mentality, and you save it? Or maybe the kids, want, the kids won't want it and you don't need it. Amen? Amen? Just get a dumpster and help them out. Both our parents, when they... <laughs> unbelievable stuff they... Okay. But I did go through and keep some because you might need it. Anyway, I had all this stuff. <laughs> so we really shrunk it down. And uh, Joyce moved the furniture around. Now, in the middle of the night, I get up and go to the bathroom. I just have to. And sometimes I go back to sleep, sometimes I don't. I use the time in prayer. If I pray for an hour or so and I'm still awake, I'll get up and I'll go into a little room over here that's my office. Here's our bedroom, and here's the living room, which where, where I do my YouTube messages right here, Joyce and I. And then there's kind of a dining room, a galley kitchen kind of right here, and uh, right around here is the office. Well, we had a nightlight. How many of you know those things that come on in your bathroom to let you know? You, not a lot of light, but just a little bit of light and a plug-in and stuff. Well, it had broke. And uh, I had another one. 
and we, we just kept forgetting to get another one, okay? And, um, but there was one in there that we had one, so I plugged it in, and if I would remember at night to turn it on before uh, I went to bed, then it made the light so you could see. Aren't you glad you come for this stuff? <laughs> just bear with me. Um, a lot of times I would forget, and you say, why don't you just leave it on all the time? I didn't grow up in the Great Depression, but my folks did, so I might as well have. Do any of you follow that one? Okay. You turned off lights. How many of you have ever, anybody know about that vintage? It's all gone by now, but that, that, that was my vintage. So I just would, anyway, it probably took two cents a day to leave it on all the time. I mean, it's just ridiculous, but I, and I forgot. And one, so I had forgot to turn it on, and Joyce had moved the furniture. Literally, she moved all the furniture, and I went through the house and never noticed it. I mean, the couch was on, so you can't move much. She moved it over here. And I just don't observe those kinds of things. And then she said, do you notice anything? And I said, oh, yeah, you moved the furniture around. I said, nice gold. I said, well, you ain't supposed to be moving it. She said, oh, they're all in them little, moving right along. Well, I forgot that night, and I forgot to turn the light on. And I got up, went to the bathroom in our, off our bedroom, and then prayed. And I got up, and I'm going to come out. And... Some people had uh, made a coffee table for us out of a slab of wood, similar to that out there, except it was black, Iowa black walnut. And it was a coffee table, and it's about, and I have pajamas right here, and I'm coming out of our bedroom, and it used to be over here, and the light's not on, and she moved the furniture. <laughs> I don't know if I've really gotten over all, how have you, do any of you know where we're going with this? He stumbleth because, it's night. He's walking in the night. How of you know it is impossible to fall gracefully? Say amen to that. It's just... It's like somebody took a ball-peen hammer and hit me in the shins right here. Just... Did wake her up, which deserved. That's fair as fair, okay? I even know we're laughing about something that I'm going to try and make sense out of. The night. How many of you know it's getting darker? Amen. And how many of you know things are being moved around? They ain't where they used to be. And if you're going to navigate it through this maze, you're going to need light. She also moved my shoes one time. Oh, no, okay, we won't do that. <laughs> do any of you just put things in the same place so you don't have to look for them? Anybody right with God like that? I mean, <laughs> but there's always someone there to move them around. We'll deal with that later. We've got to move on. Now, this is something we all need to look at. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. This is a powerful doctrine. There is no light in him. If I can make it through this without weeping. It's called the doctrine of total depravity. It's all but vanished from our pulpits. The old wretched man that I am stuff that Paul preached. It's almost like when people receive Jesus today, did you get a good deal? There is no light in him. The early church 
first century church knew that Christianity was a relationship with God through faith in his son Jesus Christ. The Greeks turned that into a philosophy. The love of knowledge. So they took the doctrine of the early church and they said, let's mix in a little bit of ours. You know what, you know what that teaching is called? It's called Gnosticism. It is the first heresy the church had to deal with. When John wrote in his short epistles, he's writing, addressing that issue, Gnosticism, of the Greeks. Gnosticism is a religion that teaches that man has within himself the ability to redeem his spirit. So we look within. We don't look unto. We look within to redeem ourselves. It may seem somewhat harmless. The end of that destroys the gospel message. For Christ Jesus came in the world to save, help me, sinners of whom I am chief, I'm chief, Paul said. Well, the Romans now, who are running the world government, the Romans took Christianity and turned it into an institution. Constantine said, march them through the river and baptize them. We can't lick them, let's join them. Worst thing that ever happened to the church. As it went now and Rome fell and the Europeans conquered, the barbarians, the Europeans, which many of us have that kind of a background, the Europeans took Christianity and turned it into a culture. <laughs> Not a relationship, with God, but a culture. It was almost proper to do the things the Bible says to do. See, the, the dangerous thing is we think if we do the things the Bible tells us to do, we will become a Christian. No, 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 no. The event. You can sound, you can speak Christianese, you can do all the things, the these and the thous and all those kind of things. It will not make you a Christian. Only Christ makes us Christ ones. So they just turned it into a culture as it floated across the Atlantic to the America. You know what it became? An enterprise. Big business. Just something we can pragmatically pull off in our own energy. We know how to market this and we'll just turn Christianity into a, an enterprise. But Christianity is a relationship with God through faith in Christ Jesus. And I have within me absolutely no ability to pull it off apart from the light of God's word. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And if you're saved, can I tell you something? Give him all the glory because salvation is of the Lord. If he's not there when salvation occurs, you don't get saved. Amen. You can pray the prayer, you can do the stuff, but you don't get saved unless God kicks on the lights and you step out of darkness into that light and embrace him. Matthew 4, 16, Jesus starts his preaching ministry and he said, you who sat in darkness have seen a great light. John chapter 1, I'm just going to give you some verses now. You, you piece them together with this, with a day, night, darkness, depravity, no light in him, no, about, no ability. Listen to these verses. John, the Gospel of John, the book we're in, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shined into the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it overcame it not. Couldn't put the light out. Light is always more powerful than darkness. You flip on the lights, the darkness leaves. Now, 
There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. That all men through him might believe. Now he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That is the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the world was made by him. What was made by him? And blank. I can tell you this. That's becoming more frequent to me and it bugs me. Not as sharp as it used to be. How many of you are glad we still have a Bible though? Amen. That was it. He was in the world, the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. He came at his own, his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them he gave you power to become the children of God, the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, who beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now the law came by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, and of his truth, and he gave us grace upon grace upon grace. That's the light. John 3, 19. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Oh, there's things we will do in the cover of darkness we'd never do in the light. The devil's kingdom is full of darkness. But guess what? Colossians 1, 13. He hath delivered us from the dominion of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, who is the light of the world. 1 John 1, 5 through 9. This is the message that we had heard from the beginning, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. These are metaphors describing the holiness of God and the total depravity of man. No darkness in him. There's darkness in us. That's his light to deliver us from this darkness, from this present age. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. God's Son cleanses us from all sin. John 8, 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I want to close with this. I don't want to close. But I'm going to close with this. If you have your Bibles, I want you to see this. Turn to John chapter 12. Just turn the page over if you're in John chapter 11. To John chapter 12. Jesus is speaking. Um, John chapter 11 is three months before the cross. When you go into John chapter 12, you're six days from the cross. Six days from the crucifixion. In John chapter 12, verse 30. Five says this, Jesus, then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not where he goeth. Do you realize the masses of people that verse just described? That are walking in darkness and don't have a clue where they're going. Kings and kingdoms caliber. Is it to die with the most stuff? There used to be a t-shirt that said, he who dies with the most wins. I saw another t-shirt says, he who dies with the most still dies. 
what is after this? This is, if you live to be three score and 10 or four score, 100 years old, it's a blink, it's a, they don't even know where they're going. Now, if we know Christ and the light is in us, we know where we're going. Go tell them about the light. And it may be God will flip on the light and they can see the darkness and go, I'm coming to the light. Look at this next verse. While you have the light, believe in the light that ye may be the sons, the children of light. While you have the light, if I could somehow bring us to last night and to here. Did you know we still have a measure of light? We can still talk about Jesus. We can talk of the light of the world while you have the light. Now this is talking in a physical sense of Jesus ascending. So I'm only going to be here another few days, boys. And they, they're, they're clueless. They don't have it. But I got news for you. He ascended, seated on the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit of God has come. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will, I will be the comforter for you. But in the person of my spirit, he's here. Christ liveth in me, Paul said. He's here. That light is here. While we still have him. Walk as children. It's just a little while. The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine at noonday, his glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. Come to the light, is shining for thee. Sweetly the light hath dawned upon thee. Once I was blind, but now I can see. The light of the world is Jesus. What better way to spend our lives than walking in the light and telling people of the light? Nobody will get to heaven and say, I wished I would have played more video games. I wish I'd have watched more TV. I wish I'd have been amused and consumed with this athletic event. I wish there'd be a lot of us. Oh God, I wish I'd have been. I wish I'd have walked it. Let me give you this verse and I'll be done. Romans 13, 12. Oh, there's... If you listen to this later on, don't forget to look at 1 John 1, 5. It shows us the mess we're in. Romans 13, 12, and I'll be done, says this, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Most of Paul's letters had to do with the doctrine of the gospel, the positions we've talked about, about day, night, darkness, stumbling, daylight, sea. It's the, it, these are all metaphors of talking about Christ. The different, the kingdom of God is as different than the kingdom of man as day and night. It should be so obvious to see this. And he's saying, come on. And that knowing the time that now it is high time. High time. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Oh, to the intent we might believe. Not to lip sync. Oh, I need this so bad. 
I want to be a better Christian. At the end of my journey. God help us to. The church. The church is one foundation. Which is Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord may we see. Your design. For the body of Christ. The disciples. May we give ourselves more fully. To it. Kick on the light God. Shine into our hearts. To give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. Help us dear Lord. Every day. None of us in this room have a guarantee of tomorrow. Give us a renewed consciousness as David had. How frail we really are. As Paul prayed for an emboldening. God that we might be emboldened. Compassionately God. To live out our faith. To become who you have designed for us to be. Well, Lord, help us. Wouldn't it be something, God, for you to breathe one more time upon America? Upon us, upon the church. Your life and revive and restore and renew and rekindle and refresh within us a holy passion to live and walk in the light. To be circumspect. See, then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. And be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Not to be drunk with all the wines of this world. Those who've never tasted wine, in a sense. But drunk on the wines of comfort and pleasure. And the things that in eternity really, God, are hard to find any value to. Oh, there's some, God. Help us. Roll over on us. A new passion for eternity. To be children of light. Turn up the lights, oh God. Do that in our lives. Turn up the lights. And we'll be careful to thank you, dear God. Do with this message what you alone can do. May some words said or shared speak deep within us and send us away a little different than what we were when we came. And we'll be careful to thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.